time to meet another talented Kiwi now. Melissa Gunn is one of the winners of an international short story competition. It's called Imagine 2200, Climate Fiction for Future Ancestors, and it's run by an American magazine called Grist. And Melissa comes from a science background. She's done all sorts, actually, uh, and her winning story is set in a distant New Zealand landscape on a coconut farm in the far north. She joins me now. Hi, Melissa. Sure, Jesse. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. This is so cool. Um, I imagine you sent this off without too much expectation, just a bit of hope. Absolutely. I, I entered into it knowing that there would be hundreds, if not thousands of other people also writing exciting stories. So I'm really thrilled to actually get up there in the top 12. Yeah. And um, have you written fiction before? Yes, I've been writing fiction fairly seriously since about 2019. Okay. Tell me about the brief for this competition. So for this competition, they were looking for stories of adaptation and hope for climate change, and particularly with uh, looking at a decolonized future, so where there were indigenous voices as well as the Western perspective. Um, yeah. Uh, and tell me about the story that you wrote. So I wrote a, an, a story about an, an imaginary coconut farm in a future where it's actually warm enough for coconuts to grow in New Zealand. Um, inspired, so and and it was about the um, about a family preparing for a storm surge um, and getting the farm ready whilst uh, one of the family members was missing. How did you hear about this competition? Oh, I think my sister put me onto it when I started writing climate fiction a few years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, Cli-Fi, we hear that name a bit at the moment. Um, and Grist, that run the magazine, they look interesting, uh, a non-profit magazine that publishes environmental news and commentary. Um, so they obviously like what they saw. Did you get much feedback from the judges? I haven't had any feedback from the judges yet, actually. <laughs> Apart from that, they loved it. Apart from they loved it, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I was just pleased to be up there. Tell me a bit um, about your science background. Oh, I held a doctorate in conservation genetics. Um, so I I counted flies, three million of them, um, <laughs> back in my 20s. Come and that on. was a, looking, a really body count really high. Um, so that was actually looking at adaptation as well. So, um, and I've also climbed trees after squirrels and uh, live trapped and released badgers. <laughs> so all around the world, hey? All over the world. Tell me about the fly project. Flies are in my mind at the moment because I've got about three million in my kitchen. <laughs> oh, these would be the uh, fruit flies. Uh, so if you've got any bananas, you'll probably have three million fruit flies as well. Yeah, yeah, or the bottle of red wine open. Um, okay, and, and I have heard about fruit flies and their value to a geneticist. Why do you work with fruit, fruit flies in particular? Well, they breed really fast and they've got a very simple uh, genome, so it's been well characterised. Um, and so I got through 25 or so generations of fruit flies over the course of my three-year PhD, so, which you can't do with, uh, with, with, say, a squirrel or a badger. Yeah. And, and what were you doing with the fruit flies, dare I ask? <laughs> I was just letting them breathe in jars, um, but in small populations. So I was using them as a um, 
a model for for actual endangered species too. Looking at what happens at their genome when they're going through population bottlenecks mm. or small population size. Must be pretty painstaking work given the size of fruit flies. You have no idea. I was so <laughs> sick of fruit flies. <laughs> yeah. Even now I can spot a female fruit fly at 20 paces. <laughs> <laughs> they look different to the males. They do. The, the males have got a little black stripe on the end of their bottom. The females don't. <laughs> and uh, and I guess you have to look carefully to find the new fruit flies, the baby ones. Yep. I had to count their eggs to see how they were reproducing. Um, <laughs> yep. Okay. What about the squirrels? Oh, the squirrels. Uh, so they are in the... Um, in the Yukon Territory in Canada, and they uh, have been shown to be adapting, adapting to climate change. Um, so I was part of a big um, long-term study of them with lots of other people involved, catching and releasing squirrels and seeing when they were breeding. And I, I was responsible for figuring out whose father was who because you can't tell that looking from the outside. Yeah. Um, so when you sat down to write this climate fiction, do you, do you kind of bring that science background to your story writing? Absolutely. So, um, for example, uh, well, I looked into the um, what you need to grow a coconut. Um, So I took the horticultural side. Um, I also looked up things like uh, Cyclone Gabriel was on my mind. Um, So I looked into storm surges and what could grow. And so basically, I used my science background to do a lot of research. Yeah. Um, I did find out that the. Go on. hmm? Oh, there used to be, um, New Zealand did have a fossil, uh, fossil coconuts have been found in New Zealand, but only about the size of walnuts. So yeah. once upon a time, there was a New Zealand coconut. Yeah. And just spell it out for us. What is the point of writing fiction about climate change um, rather than writing fact or analysis or research? Well, a lot of people I've found don't actually want to listen to, fa- uh, to, to fic- non-fiction. They, they're not interested. They get they, they turn off. But if you can write a a story that catches their imagination, then the cl- the climate um, science part of it will just sort of slide in alongside the fiction. Um, that's my plan, anyway. Love that. Do you get a prize? I guess being published is the uh, is the reward. There was actually a cash prize as well. Oh, sweet ass! I know. Well, you're obviously onto <laughs> something, happy. Melissa. <laughs> I just have to write a few more. What's your next project? Uh, I've got. Um, about three different books on the go at the moment. So uh, it's more short, more short stories. I'll no doubt enter that competition again with a different story. And um, I have the next in my Weather Gods series um, on my editing desk at the moment. So that's a, a young, adult, young adult climate fiction meets urban fantasy. So think climate fiction, but with werewolves. Yeah, where, where, where can people find that? Uh, probably the best place to go would be my website, www.melissagun.com, and that's got links to everywhere you can find it. Melissa Gun, <laughs> yeah, cool. Nice to talk to you. Well yep. done. Thanks uh, very much for your time today. Oh, thanks for having me. Winning New Zealand writer Melissa Gunn. Um, Grist is the name of the magazine. It looks really interesting, this online magazine, um, focused on politics, energy, equity, and solutions.